Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric, and tag, 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 you're on mute. Tag, I'm sorry, tag's on mute. Um, we're gonna let our producer take a. Um, hmm. Yeah, tag's still on mute. Um, Tag's giving me that, that sign, that, uh, sign that means, um, no, he's out. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay. How about this? How about in the spirit of the Thanksgiving holiday that we just passed, um, how about we share with you some of our favorite moments from previous episodes? Those of you who are not Patreon listeners, you miss out on a bonus question every week. That's right. Every week we have one additional question that, uh, you know what? Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's a little bit spicy. Um, and every time it's interesting. How about I share a few of those with you now? Let's see how that sounds. Uh, so you're going to hear a bunch of people, and um, you know what? I'm not going to take the time to introduce any of these people because you've been listening to these episodes. You know these voices. I mean, come on. You heard the beginnings of the episodes. Now hear the end. So here we go, everybody. Little ASMR here for you. Um, it's time for a little extra. The Hub Crawl. Thanksgiving edition. Here we go. So the bonus question for the week, what is something that you would divest Disney from? So this can be intellectual property, could be a theme park, an attraction, a TV studio. Basically, what is something that if you had control over the Disney company, you just kind of cut because it's kind of extra fat there? Rob, what do you think? So I actually would say the Disney Cruise Lines. Ooh, yes. Uh, only because... I just went on a cruise and it wasn't Disney Cruise Lines. It was uh, Norwegian and I had a lot of fun. It was awesome. It was expensive, but it was still fun. And from what I could tell now, maybe I'm wrong. Eric wants to go really, really badly. I know you're concierge. You book people on Disney cruises all the time. Other than having Mickey on the ship, what makes a Disney cruise worth basically twice a regular cruise vacation? Is there a reason that it's that much other than it has? Well, Rob, you talked about cast members earlier. I I would say the cast members, but but I will say from the cruises I've been on, that the all of the staff on any cruise ship I've been on has been magnificent. So they have I don't to know. Be. It's a great yeah. question. So well, well, I can answer that for you. Yes, oh, thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> Liz is going to oh, lay man. down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, not to get too intense, but um. Yes, I think it's definitely the cast members, right? It's you're submerged in Disney amazing customer service. Maybe not submerged on a ship. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> bad choice of words. That's right. Surrounded, immersed. That's what I was going for. There we and, go. Uh huh. Yeah. This isn't the Titanic. <laughs> um, I would say their kids' clubs are like above all the rest. They are really good at 
having super fun, interactive, like Disney-fied places for kids and teens and tweens of all ages. Um, and then they do extra stuff, you know, like there will be like a Marvel day at sea where everybody dresses up in Marvel or like a Star Wars cruise, or they'll also shoot fireworks from the ship. So you get that. And then if you um, sail to the Bahamas or the Caribbean, you stop at Disney's private island, Castaway Key. And that is like a really cool place with just, it's very family friendly, I would say. Like Disney characters, you know, lots of fun activities. So anyway, yay Disney Cruise. But I agree, they are expensive. There are some ways to make it a little less expensive if anybody wants to contact me about that. But um, yeah, they're for Disney fans, I think they're worth it. They're also the only cruise line that can shoot off fireworks at sea. Yes. No, exactly. no fireworks. And we were on Norwegian on the 4th of July. And so we watched the uh, Boston fireworks. Oh. But they didn't get to actually cool. shoot it off. They had a giant TV screen with the Boston fireworks. So I guess because I had to pick something to get rid of, and I had a lot of fun on a non-Disney cruise ship, and I was thinking that the Disney cruise ship is just going to be the same thing, but with extra Disney flair to it that uh, just go on Norwegian, get rid of that. So that's my take. I had to pick something. So that's what I picked. So I'm very sorry, Disney cruise line for getting rid of you. Eric, what do you say? All right. I love it. I, I love that. I love that take. Uh, I also love the thought I, I heard recently that other cruise ships will like cluster around a Disney cruise ship to watch their fireworks at night. <laughs> We, idea. we we rode on the Skyliner with this family that said, well, we we're on our honeymoon. So we did a Disney cruise. We wanted to do a few days in the parks. And while we were on the cruise, it was amazing because you could watch the fireworks and you could look off in the distance and see like three or four ships circling the Disney ship watching the show, which I had never thought not of. Not a before. bad plan. No, no, it's, it's not too bad. You put on some other music. It'll be fine. The thing that I think Disney should drop is ESPN. Disney and sports have never gone super great. The Mighty Ducks, they don't own them anymore. Uh, the amazing LA Angels in the outfield of Anaheim and also Los Angeles. Do you remember when they were like legitimately called the LA Angels of Anaheim? I make the joke, but terrible. like I what, do. It, for legal reasons, that was the name of the team. Huh? What? Yeah. The ESPN Club and Zone are were interesting restaurants that were great. Like, why not broadcast from Walt Disney World on the on the boardwalk? All of these restaurants are gone, and now Bob Chapek wants to embrace sports betting for the highly monetized ESPN brand. What's next? Alcohol in Disneyland? No, thank you. Drop, <laughs> drop ESPN. Sports has been changing a lot. It's been difficult for Disney to keep up with a lot of these TV issues. ABC is struggling because all broadcast television is, is suffering. And Disney has done a very good job of changing their brand and bringing up content that people want. And a good chunk of it is Disney Plus, but a, a fair chunk of the people that are subscribing to Disney Plus are doing it because they can get Hulu as well. It's very complicated. It's very new. As somebody who comes from a family that have been involved in broadcast TV for a long time, it's all very kind of weird and scary to be involved in this, this new time of change. And Disney's doing okay, but I think sports seems like the sort of thing you could shove off and sell to somebody and have, have if, if it's valuable enough for somebody to pick up. I don't even know. Who knows anymore? But if that's something that we could drop, I'd say drop that one, Bob. 
Lindsay, what's your take? So mine is I have never understood the connection with the Muppets. Like <gasps> Disney Plus, obviously. I know, I know. Disney Plus Gasp. has a lot of the Muppets <laughs> stuff on Disney on Disney Plus. And they have like a good presence at Disney World if you go there. But like as a Disneyland person, they have no presence on the West Coast. And I mean, they're not made by Disney, right? So, like, what's the connection there? I say get rid of them. They're the Muppets are owned by Disney now. Yeah, Jim Henson Studios yeah. was purchased not that long ago. I know, but they just haven't really done. I mean, I guess they have made a few things. Muppets Haunted Mansion was pretty good, oh, but yeah. uh, I don't know that little back corner of Grand Avenue in Hollywood Studios. I feel like they could make that into a cool like Marvel Land or something. I don't well, know. that's I'm a whole contractual a thing, Muppets unfortunately, person. Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Yeah, you. east east of the Mississippi, uh, Marvel the Marvel license for theme parks belong oh, to Universal because of Universal Studios. That's true. So yeah, that's unfortunate for me. <clears throat> what would I divest them from? I would say first of all, get rid of the studios and all the TV stuff because that's just uh, not not like the TV studios, not the movies, because movies are making them lots of money as well. Uh, but just get rid of things like, you know, like ESPN, like you said, get rid of ABC. Like they don't need all of that. It's just kind of a distraction. It's kind of nice for some synergy, but it's really not the future. The future, everybody knows is Disney plus uh, for them. And so just get rid of that and also try to get rid of some of the tech in the parks, because like Rob, you were saying with your kid who loves Disney, uh, mm-hmm. his face was in the thing the whole time. So, Kind of find a balance. I love technology, but I, even I'm fed up with the amount of technology in the parks and always having to have your your face in your phone. Um, so it's very, very sad. Uh, so those are the two things I think Disney should get rid of. Something I don't think Disney should ever get rid of is the movie studios, because I think that, uh, sure, there are down years, but in general, they make a ton, a ton of money. And oh, yeah. Need things to kind of filter into the parks and bring people to the parks. And, of course, the parks. I think, honestly, the parks are the crown jewel of the Disney company. Whether or not Bob Paycheck, I mean, Chapek, uh, <coughs> understands that the parks are the crown jewel and will always make the company money as long as they continue to invest in them. That's a whole thing. So once again, thank you, um, Lindsay and Rob, for joining us on the the bonus thing. I know we went a lot longer than we normally do. Longest Eric, episode I told you ever. <laughs> when we started this podcast that, oh, it'll be like 45 minutes on a Wednesday. And here we are uh, an hour and 45 minutes after we started our call. Rob, That's thank cool. you. Lindsay, thank you. thank you as always. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so much for having me. It is that time where we answer a bonus question for the week. This week, we want to know, have you ever spent the day at a Disney park while injured? James. I can't think of a time I have other than maybe dealing with some blisters or just my body being sore. I I do always think back to the time when Tig and I went to Walt Disney World in like June or July, which is a terrible mistake to be in florida weather in the summer and there were so many attraction cues when we're just watching people collapse because they're dehydrated Uh, i think one of the worst was we were in line for big thunder and we could see over i don't remember where we could see over to it might have been part of big thunder for some reason i want to say it was part of splash mountain but that that doesn't seem right at all and we just watched someone collapse and the medic team had to come over you're confusing you're confusing trips here because uh it was on Splash Mountain at Disneyland. No way. It was yep. totally Disney World. <laughs> nope. 
No, because it was that it was that corner at Disneyland where the train goes right by it, and the oh, medics so pull right. the person to the side. Yep, you're so right. I mean, okay. I don't mean to well, correct you, but that's fine. So apparently, I was thinking Florida weather because it was basically Florida weather in California. Because this was the trip. That's right. This is the trip when you told me it's always nice in California. There's never humidity in Disneyland. <laughs> Not true. No, no, it clearly wasn't. So you have yeah, a okay, bad so. habit of misremembering Disneyland and Disney World locations because I told the story uh, last week of uh, or last episode of the, the bathrooms. Didn't I tell the bathroom story? I remember the bathroom story perfectly. You're the one who doesn't remember which no, bathroom you we were in. No, I no. It's we were in the Eric, fantasy I told land you the, It's not the fantasy land bathrooms. Eric, it I absolutely told, was. Did I tell the story on the hub crawl? What's the bathroom? Here we go. Strap in, folks. This is great bonus content. <laughs> We've taken a left turn. Yeah. Especially for three feet. So, for those of you who don't know, um, so I like to practice good... Um, bum hygiene if you will and i hate using public restrooms for this reason i have bidets at home and stuff like it's just healthier for you whatever so one of the things i do when i go to like like parks or whatever is i have a package of like the the you know the like baby wipe kind of things or whatever and i like to you know make sure everything's fresh down there well anyway we go into the hungry bear bathrooms and i go i see james swear to god i see james go into a stall and I go into, I swear to God, the one next to it. This is very important. So I'm getting done and I have the package of wipes and I hand it, I put it under the stall door, under the stall side. And I say, you want one of these? And I hear back, nah, dude, that's okay. Or something like that. Nah, man, and I'm, I'm good. Nah, man, I'm good. That's it. And I'm like, that's not James. And I'm mortified <laughs> that I'm just handed some random dude in the bathroom these wipes. Well, James and already I'm washing my hands, just mm. dying as I see this happening in the mirrors behind me. <laughs> I get outside and just laughing at this poor guy. Oh, poor man. guy being me or poor guy oh, next yeah. to you? Oh, yeah. You, absolutely. <laughs> the other guy's good. <laughs> yeah. So that's embarrassing. Uh, so we always have that story, but James is like, no, it wasn't Hungry Bear. It was Fantasyland, it was but Fantasy I know Land for bathrooms, a fact. Because I remember going out to the carts that were right there. Nope. You were out. You were out by one of the, nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to go back and like v verify it, but I know it was Hungry Bear. Trust me, for somebody who's embarrassed that much by it, it is seared in my mind forever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, finish your answer. James, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm lost. I was, in, I was in Florida for a while. Now I'm in California. We watched some lady pass out. The medic team has to fight through the queue to get to her. And I'm like, take, we need to drink a lot more water this trip because I'm not being that person. <laughs> and it just kept happening. Since I don't have a injured day at the park, I do want to say a tip for Florida. Uh, for those of you who, who plan to go to Florida in uh, you know June, July, where it's terrible. I, first of all, I would recommend just not doing it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to buy a wait, to, if you're flying from out of the area, buy a case of water from like Walgreens, put a bunch of them in the fridge and the freezer of your hotel room, and then put the frozen ones at the bottom of your bag, put the other ones on top of that, drink the non-frozen ones first, and then your your frozen ones will thaw out and you'll have cold water the whole day. Totally worth it. 
pro tip for being in Florida with the humidity and everything. Also get one of those like wicking band things that you can pour some water on it. It feels cool and everything. Uh, what about you, Brandy? I, I see that both of you <laughs> in our notes here both have stories. So our first run, Disney. It was a 10 miler. It was that night. It was gorgeous. And I was running with a friend that had a different stride than I have. So I adjusted and ended up getting stress fractures in both feet. And it was the beginning of our trip. How was your next day at the parks? Um, not awesome. Well, first off, how did you how did you end that race? I don't know what you mean. When you're running and you cross the finish line, you're like, hey, um, I think my feet might be broken. I had to come back and find you. And we had to walk, of course, to get to the the bag corral. We had to walk what felt like another half a mile. It sure did. It felt like 10. <laughs> Just to pick up our stuff. It was bad. And the next day I was in a wheelchair and my sister-in-law was pushing me. It was fine. But then when Eric Johnson took over, he kind of put me in one of the trolley tracks. Well, that was on accident, and you fell out. I did. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. She caught herself with her feet. <laughs> that were basically broken. Awesome. Broken. <laughs> she yelled a profanity and then apologized to all of the children who were waiting to watch the parade. I felt so bad. Oh, God, there were people lined up waiting to watch the parade. <laughs> yeah. So not only did she fall in front of a bunch of people... But she she caught herself, screamed a profanity, and had to Eric. <laughs> it was bad. We also started a new tradition where we took a <laughs> we had a photo pass guy take a picture of us in front of the partner statue, but we had Brandy's wheelchair facing the wrong direction. Yep. <laughs> and we we sent the picture so we're all like looking at the camera waving and she's sitting there in her wheelchair. Facing uh, the other way. Facing the Backwards. wrong way. And uh, we sent that picture to my now brother-in-law because we all thought my entire family thought it was hilarious, including Brandy. It was my idea. Right. And we, good. we sent him the picture and he said, what family, what, what horrible family am I getting married into? <laughs> so now anytime we have a stroller, we park or it a, backwards. Or an ECV or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a fun tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you have a wheelchair? Why didn't you have an ECV? I don't know. I don't trust myself driving one of those. Well, you shouldn't trust Eric either, apparently. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> and what was your takeaway after a day of sitting in the wheelchair? I just saw a lot of butts. All day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's really funny you say that because we went to when we went to the Disney Anna event and Bob Gurr was there. He was, he's currently designing a new electric convenience vehicle for this like third party company. And so he, he read, he took one from this company and took it to the park because he wanted to do his research of, you know, what are things that I want on this? What are some of the challenges that somebody has driving around? And he agreed. He said, like, you see a lot of butts because <laughs> you're right at that level. I'm glad he's wow. taking that into account. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't a, know if he's going to do anything about it, but maybe what what can you do? Well, that's what you could do. You could get in it and maybe it like maybe it like boosts up yeah. or something. A little scissor lift. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. They mm -hmm. have some of those for people who like at their houses need to reach things that like lifts up and like sets them up a little bit. Yeah. Mm. 
Anyway, what about you, Eric? I can't wait to hear about your gout. Well, my story is a lot less fun, but it's also related to run Disney. It was anytime I would go, I'd be totally fine. Everything's great. But I'd, do, I'd run a half marathon and think, wow, I'm, I'm still healthy. I can, I can do this. I bring that up now because I, I'm no longer healthy and I can't run a half marathon at, at the present moment. But um, every time I would finish something, a long run like that, I'd think everything was great. And then two days later, I would have a gout attack. So it was like our last day at the Magic Kingdom. We're walking around and like, what feels kind of funny? And uh, very slowly throughout the day, it it just developed. And finally, it got to the point where I'm like dragging my leg around the parks. And Brandy's like, we got to we got to leave so we can get on the plane and go home. Can you walk faster? She didn't say that. Brandy, you should have pushed him in a wheelchair. There we go. (laughs) I should have. Yeah. Dumped him on the parade route. Um, But yes, it was a it was a rough it was a rough few hours in the parks and then a rough few hours on a plane before I could get home and take take meds for it. Well, that was a lively, all, totally all over the place, uh, at least at the beginning part topic. You two stayed completely on topic, Eric and Brandy. It was James and I who kind of went all over the place. We could talk yeah, about just... bathrooms. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe there should be a hub crawl. Maybe like the next episode of the hub crawl be like, what's your favorite bathroom? There's your bonus question. All right. Well, thank you, Brandy and James, for coming on the episode this week. So thanks to all of our patrons who are around listening to this uh, little bonus question. You got way more than you bargained for this time. Uh, So maybe next time we'll be bathrooms. Who knows? Okay. Um, I I mean, unless you all want to talk a little bit more about uh, about luxury we'll be here all night eric oh man we would yes but Bring, no not tonight <laughs> what what a great question so i'm so thankful you joined us yes <laughs> thank you okay so for those who want to talk about something different or listen to something different we're gonna ask our bonus question for this week this week we want to know how would you solve the tomorrowland problem alex you're up first oh gosh another big question all right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first time I was at Disneyland was 2004, so I can't really say much about Tomorrowland in its glory days when it was kind of first built and everything, but what I would do to solve the Tomorrowland problem would be, honestly, bulldoze everything except keep Space Mountain, of course, because that's a classic attraction. Everyone loves Space Mountain, so keep that. Maybe add the Tron Light Cycle attraction that they're building right now at Walt Disney World. Also, add more original attractions. I... And probably no IP or franchise. I'm kind of sick of them taking stuff from movies and incorporating it too much in the park. I prefer original attractions. And I know I just said Tron Light Cycle, but they already have the blueprint for that. It's pretty easy to place in there. But I would also say maybe another Omnimover attraction that kind of eats people. Something kind of like Spaceship Earth. I love Spaceship Earth at Walt Disney World. And maybe have that, but just be all futuristic ideas rather than going to the past, to the future. And then also for tag's sake, I would probably add the people mover back uh, or add something unique to Disneyland, some kind of transportation system that's unique. And I also heard that they might be bringing the people mover back. I heard a rumor about that. Uh-huh. Maybe they might shed some light on nice. What do you think, Tag? I've said every time we talk about Tomorrowland... I know that there's people that disagree. I'm not going to... I'm going to pretend that I don't know anybody else's opinion on attractions. I'm just going to go by my opinion. Don't write us letters. Level the whole land. 
I agree to keep Space Mountain because I think Space Mountain, people love Space Mountain. I love Space Mountain. Level the whole land. Get rid of the subs, even though the subs look cool. Get rid of Autopia, even though it's an opening day attraction and little kids like it. I love the Matterhorn or the Matterhorn. I love the monorail, but reroute it. But basically just free up a ton of space. And I think what Tomorrowland suffers from is in the 60s, the last time they renovated it, they did level some things and they put new buildings and they put in the people mover and they put in the, you know, the, the Skyway was there and they, you know, the monorail was there and the subs were there and, uh, you know, all of these different things were there. And then over time, like things have gone away and new things have come in like Star Tours, like Space Mountain. But everything that they've added, Star Tours is a good example. Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster, great example. The Star Wars Launch Bay sadly another example uh, have all just been shoehorned into these existing buildings level them to give imagineering the freedom to design whatever they want not just something that has to fit in this spot and tomorrowland is a huge piece of real estate you could do all types of cool things with it if you want to keep the autopia my suggestion would be make it elevated make it electric make it so you can drive like up and maybe like the people mover that went around the whole land and you could get a really cool view of everything put the put the autopia cars electric autopia cars on something up like that that's kind of thrilling and exciting but the kids can still drive it um like i said have it be electric it'd be quieter it'd be a cool ride i would go on it you know bring back something akin to the people mover that people loved so much Maybe bring in a Tron situation, although I feel like uh, I'm kind of with Teresa, and she believes that parks should have things to distinguish them from other parks uh, to make them unique. So perhaps come up with something different for Tomorrowland. Get rid of IP, like Alex was saying. And and just you know let the Imagineers do what they do best and come up with cool new things that we can't even think about right now because we are not crazy Imagineers, but they are. And they have all these great, great ideas. So I want... I want the really great Imagineers or even the Imagineers that like they're trying to prove themselves because Tony <laughs> Baxter's retired, Joe Rohde's retired, all of the original Imagineers have retired a long time ago. Whoever the new batch is, give them the opportunity to kind of show, let this be their Indiana Jones or their uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad or whatever. Like let them have those their their time, basically. I think Tomorrowland is the best place to do this. And I think they could make it really, really amazing. Tokyo Disneyland this. Here's a blank check, Imagineering. Make it great. It'll bring in lots of people. We could sell tons of merch. We can sell give us like a five-story tall tower that we could stick people in to pay outrageous amounts of money to watch the fireworks. I don't care. Build it. Bryn, what do you think? Well, that's hard to follow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think under the current situation, there's really just no fix. Um, Fans want all kinds of different things, and Disney doesn't seem to care all that much. And so I think almost kind of envisioning it just kind of keeps deteriorating. It goes downhill. Uh, When I was trying to figure out the answer to this question, I just thought it's just going to deteriorate and deteriorate. Eventually, the theme is going to become dystopian apocalypse um <laughs> you're going to enter the game enter the land and you're going to get your you know your laser gun and you're going to be jumping over fallen chunks of buildings and pretending <laughs> to shoot each other <laughs> Theory road. For, yeah exactly you're going to be pretending to forage for food and, um you know 
this post-apocalyptic health state. Maybe that's what they should do with Tomorrowland. That might be the actual tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I like I like the Jules Verne steampunk thing that they have going on over in Paris. I think that's really beautiful. They tried they that in 97, and then we got ugly gold right. Space Mountain. It was just a paint job. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But, yeah, they didn't do what they did in Paris. That's I mean, true. I, I think they blew past two big opportunities. Um, and they could have done something for Star Wars there rather than using that space for something else. They could have done Avengers Campus there. I think it would have made more sense than it does in DCA, where there's not enough not enough room for them to do anything. Um, and now I, I don't know. You just have to almost just bulldoze it all and start over is the only option, but fans will hate it. <laughs> yeah, I like the rotting people mover tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling Teresa, I'm like, you know, during the COVID shutdown, they had a great opportunity to just get rid of the track <laughs> and people would stop like having this ugly reminder of what this land used to be. It's like Tomorrowland, you walk into it and you're like, oh, yes, this used to be a great land. Too bad. The only thing I care about is Space Mountain. Yep. Yeah. And the Skyway buckets were just really fun. And um, I miss the Skyway you know, as well. Yeah, but. I mean, like I said earlier, I was a big fan of America Sings. I had the record. I knew every word because I was that kid. It was fun. It was lively. It Things happened. And now I'll go like on a couple of day trips and not even set my phone in there. I mean, I, Space Mountain is fine, but it's not my favorite thing. So I just don't even go over there. So I don't know. What do you think, Eric? Well, the why you go on Space Mountain is because it's a nice, smooth ride that's way less... Uh, Space Mountain in, in the Magic Kingdom is the Matterhorn. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the Walt Disney World equivalent of the Matterhorn. I've always defended it because, oh, it's got two tracks and you never know which one is better. No, it's totally the Matterhorn. At the end of every ride, you go, mm, I gotta haul myself out of this little toboggan got the same seating too right uh, yeah yeah it's an it's another toboggan style ride and it, so i say raise the entire thing i mean tron light cycle might open within the next 10 to 15 years um so leave <laughs> let them finish that but uh complete, tear it down before it's even done right tear it down and bring it to disneyland <laughs> it's it's old news now. It's been in Shanghai for two generations. Um, ship ship it across the country like the electrical parade and put it in Disneyland. Right. Glow away forever, Tron <laughs> light cycle. Uh, <sighs> but we've man. gotten loopy at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, you need to do a complete retrack for Space Mountain. The shape of Space Mountain is so crucial to the Tomorrowland that I would love to see. You got to keep the building. You've got to keep that there. I want a pristine retro future Tomorrowland like we've had for so long, but I want to bring in something new and I don't want to bring in, I don't want to focus on some crazy technology like projection mapping, something that's going to be out of date the moment they put it in. Don't focus on something like that. Focus on what we should be doing in our cities. Have you all seen the new Dr. Strange at this point? Yes. Yeah. He goes to a, a version of New York and the city, it's a future scape. Every building has plants draped across it. Every building is growing food and, and plant life and is beautiful and is helping 
to not be a giant place full of concrete and filth. I love that at one point, a character asks him, what, what's your universe like? He goes, it's beautiful. I'm like, no, you're in the beautiful one. <laughs> it's gorgeous here. This is what we should aspire to. Uh, so do something like that. Take the concept of the edible plants that they always toot their horns about in, in Tomorrowland and say, they're everywhere. They're growing off of every surface. They're growing, they're growing off of this, this, this new ride that we have here that's kind of like Star Tours but isn't. But we have to raise the buildings down. We have to get rid of them. I agree with you all. I love that Imagineers are so, they have so much ingenuity to go in and say, here's the space we have. Buzz Lightyear in the Magic Kingdom is still running on the same Omnimover track that If You Had Wings was in 1971. That's, oh, wow. That's, that's fun. That's a fun fact. But you know what you can't do forever is keep the same exact track. At some point, you have to rip the buildings down. You have to admit that the Carousel of Progress is no longer in Disneyland. Rip, rip down the Star Wars launch bay. Put something else there. Take down the Autopias. Uh, you know, both both parks have the same problem. There's so much real estate. We keep doing the same things over and over. Completely come up with something new and do something that is inspirational. It's not tied to old buildings. It's a fun, new, weird take on things. But you got to have motion. I love Walt. I agree with Walt. I know that's weird. But I, I love the idea of walking into the, the people mover in, in Magic Kingdom is great. The Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland in the 90s almost got there by by saying it's a spaceport it's a space city and everything is related to to space travel that's kind of the idea i think get back to something like that move beyond and say we're building vibrant life but we have to have movement in there we have to have a people mover we have to have something like the skyway buckets that layers over it you have to have a a, a ride in the center of the land not on the hub of of Disneyland that's up in the air and there are rockets flying around yep. in circles. You want to walk into that land and go, <gasps> it, you want a kid to look into that land and say, I want the future. <laughs> Instead of saying, I want churros. There's a cart over there. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to bring it dark for you, for you, Eric. We talked about a luxury brand. You want the kids to go, oh, there's edible plants. I haven't eaten in months because we've saved up for this Disney trip. I'm so hungry. <laughs> well, lucky kids, there's a new experience for $10,000. A plaid will actually pluck a cabbage off of a wall and feed it to you. <laughs> it, it could be like this is the first colony, first human colony off planet. We need to use every bit of space we've got. Exactly. Yeah, have you have any of you read The Martian or seen the movie The Martian? I've seen the movie. No. It's a it's a Matt Damon movie. The book is great. Um Andy Weir, look it up. The book is really interesting. It well, the movie's cool too. But it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like to Bryn's point. We're we're living in a in a place where we have to maximize everything. The main character in the book is is called a Martian. He's a human. He's the only human left on Mars and he has basically this amount of space and this amount of resources, and he plans out everything to say, this is how many potatoes I need to grow to live, to survive long enough to do this and get rescued. And it's, it, yeah, it's all about maximizing resources. If we look at something like that and say, here's a, here's a space colony, why do we have plants everywhere? Because where else are we going to put plants? We, we need plants to live. That's why we have edible plants. I love that idea. Um, yeah. 
of, of making that a part of a future where we could potentially have people living on Mars someday. I know that's also part of the luxury Disney brand of move, move to the Mars colony for uh, $2 billion. <laughs> the, the first 10 donors um, will get their own penthouse on Mars. Disney, I'm for an extra thirty billion dollars. Right. Yeah, Disney, call us. We've got great ideas for Tomorrowland. <laughs> got to buy that cocktail first, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's the gateway. Well, you got to ride the Galactic Star Cruiser to Mars and uh, buy your five thousand dollar drink. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on the Hub Crawl this week. You guys brought some great questions, a lot of really great conversation back and forth. Uh, I feel like this is by far the longest time we've recorded on uh, on all the different topics, so our supporters will love the bonus question, and I think our regular listeners will love all of the discussion that we had for the regular thing. So thank you guys both. Of course, if you follow DL Weekly on social media, Alex does like 99% of that stuff, except for the episode posts that I post every week. Uh, and Bryn, of course, does all the stuff for concierge and they have all types of great content over there so make sure you check out concierge and all the different things um and hopefully we can wrangle somebody into doing some social media stuff for the hub crawl because if you've ever been to any of our social media accounts they are barren like (laughs) mars (laughs) all right so uh thank you guys you're welcome thank you bye guys see you guys All right. It's that time where we answer a bonus question. So this time we want to know if you could go back to any year at any Disney park, what year and park would you go back in time to and why? Lori, I'm sure you got something good. So cool. Hope so. Um, Yeah, I would go back to Disneyland, specifically July 15th, 1955. I would love to be there um, for Walt and Lily's 30th anniversary. Golden Horseshoe was is still one of my favorite um, shows. I've loved every one that they've had in there that I've been able to, to see and just kind of to see him cut loose and enjoy himself the way that it has been told that he did would just be amazing. You always sometimes see Walt as being, you know, this very person that's you know, in charge of the park and he's doing this and he's doing that, but to see him just kind of let go and enjoy himself, um, and celebrate with his wife and his family and friends would have just been actually amazing to be able to witness. Um, like I said, Golden Horseshoes are my favorite ones. My husband actually got picked a couple of times to go up there and, and uh, participate or be made fun of in it. And it's just a wonderful show. All right, Eric, where would you like to go and when? I, I got to say, Lori, that's, that's a great choice. And I would have loved to see Walt interacting with with this show i would have loved to see i i've never seen wally bogue perform live i man classic classic golden horseshoe i would have loved to see that uh, for my yep. part i want to see october 1st 1983 and i know that 1983 was not the opening date of epcot but i want to see full classic epcot because at that point october 1st 1983 we have all of classic Epcot plus world of motion that opened in March of 1983. And we have horizons that opened on October 1st, 1983, a full year after the park opened. I want to see the fullest extent of classic Epcot. I was one of those weird kids that went, Whoa, edutainment. 
yes, please. Um, please tell me about computers. Weird man who's dressed as a pearly man from a pearly band. Please tell me about the computers that run this entire amusement park. I wanted to know more. I loved that entire concept. That's the classic for me is to see Epcot in its, its fullest rendition in the early days to say, here's future world. Here is what the future will look like in like two years or 20. (laughs) I don't know. Making dining reservations via a, a, a video conference. Sure. Commonplace these days, right? Like let's that that's what I want. I want to re-experience that as an adult. Um, and it's actually a pretty cool time. I was there in 85. Oh, it was yeah, our first I, trip. So it was, it was amazing. Nice. And uh, that's so great. And I, I, I was, a I was a kid when I was experiencing those early years of Epcot. So I have these hazy memories of like, I really loved the thing. I really love journey into imagination. I have very clear memories of figment. I have very clear memories of, uh, of going through the parks and not necessarily enjoying all the countries, but uh, like the future world portion, uh, that was so great. I want to experience that again as an adult. Um, that's my thing. Um, Ace, what's your go-to? Opening day for, for Disney California Adventure, February 8th, 2001. Um, I was, I, I wanted to be part of that history of opening a Disney park. Wow! Yeah, wasn't alive in '55, so you know I heard that they were they were starting to ramp things up uh, the year before, and so I did hire in right at the end of 2000, and I became a host over at uh, Hyperion Theater and was there for opening day, was there for all of the pre-events. It was just an absolute blast, and I, contrary to other people's opinions, I really liked the original theming of California Adventure. The edutainment. My wife, my wife was homeschooling our kids, so to be able to come there and touch on things like the redwoods, you know, or on things like how California railroads were, you know, were <clears throat> installed when we had the Whoopi Goldberg uh, video there, things like that. We really enjoyed that. There was a, that farm area, so all of those things, and and even the show at Hyperion, which was panned. I really in, enjoyed that show. It was called Steps in Time. Michael Eisner came in and saw it and hated it. And uh, we had to shut the show down for like three weeks and they threw more money at it and added a storyline to it, some more actors and stuff like that. But uh, it was still an okay show after that, but I liked the original one. But yeah, being part of that history of being there for opening day and all of the events that surrounded it was a blast. And and I'd love to go back and do that again. So I have to ask as somebody, Mm -hmm. but before we move on, Steps in Time is really interesting to me. Did the original incarnation have the like sassy godmother sort of vibe to it? No. What was the original? Because I, no, I, I, no. I hear it's so, different. Yeah, and and it was hard to explain to people because there wasn't like a real story. But what it was is it was like when you watch the Oscars and you have songs that have been nominated for an Oscar from a movie, they do a full blown stage production with that song a lot of times it's the originator of the song that's singing it um the show was that starting with snow white and going through the movies through time so steps in time that's Um, okay wow sounds interesting yeah so what they did is they came back they used the same dance numbers the same music and then they added in a couple of kids and they added in the fairy godmother 
tried to form a story that would go from scene to scene instead of just doing it without characters. I but think that might have been the version that I saw. I know there's versions of it on on, uh, on YouTube that you can look up because a buddy of mine filmed them back then who worked there as well. And he's put them all out on YouTube. All right, Tag, up to you. Well, I feel like listening to you guys. So we got opening day at Disneyland. We've got the one year anniversary of Epcot and we've got opening day of DCA. I'm the only one who's not picking an opening day or like a year after an opening day. I would have to pick Disneyland in 1967, which I think was like the heyday of, if you could call it that, 1.0 or 2.0 of Disneyland, where a lot of the original stuff was still there, but there was a lot of investment and a lot of new things popping up. You know, Walt had just passed a few years earlier. You know, we just got the new Tomorrowland or yeah, the new Tomorrowland with the things like the people mover and everything that obviously I, I love and miss. Uh, so I feel like 1967 would just be a really, really great time to go back to and kind of experience and, 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 you know, things like the jungle cruise, you know, the foliage had, had grown into a point where I'm sure that it was, you know, it wasn't what it is today, which is amazing, but it was like better than opening day where it was kind of like, we're, we're in a jungle question mark. <laughs> um, you know, I see a lot of like opening day video footage and I'm like, wow, like a lot of the plants and stuff, obviously were were not grown in. And the fact that the park is, you know, almost 70 years old now, and you've got all that growth that really adds a lot to the park just would have been cool to see. Disneyland in that time frame. Uh, but I think all of you guys had great things. I mean, opening day would be kind of amazing. I feel like uh, there'd be a lot of stuff going wrong. I also am always surprised because what we think of as a Disney park today is so actually different than the original Disneyland. You look at the old footage and yes, it was cleaner than parks back then. Yes, like things were themed and things were, you know, there's all these things. However, uh, like it wasn't themed like we think of theming today. And a lot of the attractions were different versions of kind of things that had existed before. So it's kind of a DCA 1.0 kind of feel a little bit to it. So the fact that it's gone from that to what it is today is just amazing. Um, and so I think, I think a lot of fans would be shocked to go back to opening day of Disneyland because it would not be anything like we experience it today. Well, no, um, just seeing Mickey and Minnie, back in 1955 <laughs> could terrified me. me oh my goodness yeah is right and i have to give it to you, ace a lot of people uh i mean i i think there's a younger generation that really likes dca but i feel like a lot of people from the older generation my generation and and older or even a generation a little bit before me and older mm-hmm. i think always pick disneyland or disney world for things and i feel like a lot of people didn't like the original version of DCA. So the fact that you liked the theming and stuff, I think that that's interesting because most people don't share that opinion. So it's great that you have that opinion and are able to share why you liked it. Yeah, yeah I, I like DCA people, too. A, a lot of people, the complaints that I heard was it wasn't Disney enough. There wasn't all the fantasy. That's what the other park was for. It's just like you go to Epcot. It's way different than going to Magic Kingdom. You know, that's on purpose. You know, <laughs> so... I, I liked it. Uh, my kids loved it, and uh, Michael Eisner not so much. But <laughs> no, I yeah, love no, that My kids missed it too. They it was one of their favorite things to go in there and see all the things from California. Because when we went, we didn't get to go see all the things from California. We could kind well, of get yeah. a glimpse of that in 
DCA. And I mean, that's what my kids love. And that's one of the things that I miss about it was going in, hearing all the the Beach Boys music and seeing, you know, getting that California vibe when you walk in the big sun with the with the water fountain and everything. Yeah, Hollywood backlot area. Yeah. They had a stunt show. So you got to see some of the elements that you would see if you went to Universal or whatever. But, you know, they were able to fold it all into that part. Lori, your family was the target demographic. It was, I mean, that was the whole idea behind it, yeah. right? Was was people come to California to go to Disneyland and instead of, you know, let's let's show them the rest of, let's show them an idealized version of the rest of California. Right. You I know? mean, you had your boardwalk, you had your roller coaster, you had the Malaboomer, you had, you know, the, the Orange Stinger, you had all those other little rides that you could find. But then you also had, like I said, you go down to Hollywood backlot, you get part of Hollywood, you get the theater, you get all these little things that are all around California and it's just in one place. So you don't, if you want to go out and visit it, you can, but if you don't have the time, you still get a little piece of all that. Like I said, my kids, you know, were little, my daughter was actually eight weeks the first time we went uh, right after it opened up. So she kind of grew up with the original DCA and she misses it to this day. My boys do too. I love the Golden Gate Bridge, walking under the Golden Gate Bridge when you walked into to DCA. It was really cool. And where else can you ride in the limousine, drive through Hollywood and see all the stars? <laughs> and According I, to everybody, pretty limo. much Ooh. any place else. <laughs> I, I so regret that I did not see that ride. My goodness. <laughs> I worked it was too, interesting. So. <laughs> Ace, how long yeah. was it open? It was only open like a year or something, right? Or eight months? Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't open very long. But uh, you know, it was it was one of the very few rides you could take little kids on, and then they had no clue what it was. So I understand why they had to make <laughs> yeah. it, make it something else. But the adults got it. <laughs> yeah, right. Joan Rivers was kind of scary looking, if I recall correctly. <laughs> I will yeah. say that one thing I do miss about DCA one point two. I guess is Bugs Land. Like I, I love Bugs Land. Nice, but Bugs Land was a great kids area. The theming was great. The attractions, you know, maybe weren't amazing, but I don't know. I feel like everybody who rode Heimlich's Choo Choo Train loved it, even though it was the yep. silliest wow. attraction ever. It, like, it was. It was a lot of fun. They had a great bathroom there. Very clean. <laughs> I don't know why. Why? Why do I latch on to that bathroom? I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> but Heimlich's was great. I don't think I ever rode the uh, the 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 flicks business that the flyers. Called. You've ridden the emotional yeah. whirlwind. It's the same exact thing. Well, I yep. haven't ridden that either. <laughs> well, just we'll go see Fantasmic and we'll ride flicks flyers. There we go. Yeah. There, we <laughs> there go. you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the episode and staying late. And I, it's funny because I probably told both of you guys, oh, an hour at most. And we've recorded for an hour and 20. It's and never we've an been hour. on the call an hour and a half. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's okay. Those uh, rabbit holes get you all the time. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think that's what people like about this show is that they love the conversation that goes along with it. Uh, you know, and ribbing Eric for Fantasmic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they come for. Yeah. And Eric I'm going to make me. you a pair of ears, Eric, that say, you know, it's my phantasmic ones. And then just in the sense, say, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> if you mock them up, yeah, let, let's have a look. I'll, I'll wear those. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask, take uh, with Catsburg coming, what did he, I mean, obviously he had a good time. Yeah. But do they have amusement parks, anything like that? Oh, yeah. Where he's um, from? 
So a little bit. So I I, I think so. The big things that our our exchange student from this year, Ion, who lives in Moldova, right before he came here in the summer, he actually went to turkey and went to like a uh like some type of amusement park that had roller coasters and stuff and he said it was a really great park so they have that a lot of a lot of like katzper like he would go to like the beach and stuff like the beaches in northern poland and stuff and that's kind of or the mountains like that's kind of their thing they don't really do a lot of amusement parks um like he's been to an amusement park but it's not i don't think it's quite theme park like i know that there's some i know that there's like three or four really great theme parks in europe uh on the western side of like germany and over in that kind of area of of europe um because i think i was looking at a list of recommended european you know theme parks that weren't disneyland paris and a lot of them are all within this kind of you know within six hours you could kind of drive in either direction from any of them and get to all the other ones so um and I've seen I've seen people. If you go check out Attractions 360 on YouTube, they travel to theme parks all over the world, and so they have tons of videos from like every attraction at every park. And uh, if you follow them on Twitter, uh, they're always posting like their food that they get and and if it's a good deal or not. So they're they're like I think that's just like their whole job is they just go theme park to theme park. But they've covered a lot of those um, parks as well. Um, but Disneyland, it was so funny. He thought I was telling I told him we're going to Disneyland. I said, don't look up. I said, do you know what Disneyland is? He didn't. And I said, don't look up anything because I want you to be just totally surprised when you go there. Mm. He thought it was a museum. <laughs> oh, wow. So when we went, he was like, I was like, what did you think? And he's like, it is way different than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was a museum. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's, this is not a museum. There that's are museum amazing. aspects of it, but no. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. I had a, a friend of mine that came from Australia. He, just, he was into pyrotechnics. He did pyrotechnic shows there um, uh, for movie and TV and, and stuff like that. Um, and when he was out visiting, this is my last time working there, so like 2013 uh, uh, or 14. And uh, I had just um, started working there again so I could bring people in for free. So I, we brought him into the park and Ahead of time, he's like, so I just I just want you guys to understand I'm probably not going to ride on any rides. You know, it's, you know, well, it turns out in Australia, an amusement park is like a carnival. And he had been a carny working oh. on those rides. And uh. he knew the people that worked those rides. And he wasn't going to put his life <laughs> into their hands. <laughs> and he was just completely blown away because you know that's everything you know disney's everything the opposite of that and uh, and and it was so clean and the fireworks display was so amazing and you know all those things so he he didn't have anything to compare it to and was completely blown away so i was just curious about about casper because i know he enjoyed it but i wasn't sure what his experiences oh yeah he uh in fact ace i think you were there the first night he came in because he was we were mm-hmm. he was at the meetup and him yeah. and producer Vern had flown in together and you like he was so tired <laughs> like he <laughs> hadn't gotten that. used to the time change <laughs> or anything and suddenly he's in California and oh. it's like nine thirty at night and which is like I don't know it's nine thirty now so it's it's like four thirty in the morning in Poland time mm-hmm. so wow so I mean he he was a trooper and I'll say our exchange students this year we took them both for Teresa's wedding in March they were also troopers they. They they did open to close every day we were there and didn't get a full night of sleep uh, any of the nights we were there. But 
but they made it through and they didn't really complain and they just had a good time. So, you know, awesome. that's always a plus. 